Well, I, I love these sweet times where the presence of the Lord is here and we're just spending time with him. At this time, I'd like to go ahead and release the, the warrior youth and the ambassadors, all of Kingdom Kids. You're welcome to go back. Praise team, thank you so much. We'll see you back in a few minutes, about an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, no, it won't be that long. Well, you never know. I don't know. Sometimes I get wound up. It may be, but well, speaking of getting alone with God, we're continuing in this series of alone with God. And last week I talked about some of the benefits of getting alone with God. And so this morning, uh, there are so many benefits. I guess we could do a whole series on the benefits of spending time alone with God. So this morning's sermon is more benefits of getting alone with God, okay? All right, so if you missed uh, any of this series, I encourage you to go back and, and check it out, and uh, you can check it out online. You can watch the video, or you can podcast or whatever. So there are many benefits of spending time alone with God. Time spent in prayer and spending quiet, quality time with the Lord brings us abundant benefits. And uh, so that's what this series has been about and encouraging us to be more deliberate in spending time with the Lord. So this morning we're going to go to a couple of passages of scripture. We're going to go to Colossians chapter 1. If you remember, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go eat popcorn. Okay, so that'll help you. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So we're going to Colossians. And then we'll also be going to Ephesians. Go eat popcorn. Go eat corn. Okay. Uh, Anyway, all right. So that's where we'll be turning today. Let's look at part of the letter that Paul wrote to the uh, Colossians to encourage the early church. Now, this church was located in modern-day Turkey. And they were a young church, of course, the the Christian church. Churches were expanding, people were getting saved, and and churches were being planted. So my first point this morning is we receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from God when when we get alone with him. So that's my first point. That's a long point. Um, So Paul is letting, uh, well, let's go ahead and and read uh, Colossians 1, 9 through 14, verse 9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. So Paul's letting them know that he's praying for them and that others are praying for them. It's interesting what they are praying because you would think that they might be praying, Lord, protect these new Christians, or he may be praying, Lord, provide provision for these new Christians or whatever that might look like. But what he's praying is different than that. Let's look at at verse nine. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's what they're praying for these new Christians. Now, one of the heresies these new believers needed to overcome was Gnosticism. There were a lot of different things going on there, and so he's praying that they will have wisdom, that they will have godly wisdom. Uh, Gnosticism is the belief that it takes special knowledge or secret knowledge to be accepted by God. And it seems like that sometimes in religion today, 
uh, and that's why I really don't like religion. I like, it's all about a relationship with Christ, right? It's not about religion. Because religion will try to make you jump through hoops. And it will sometimes come across like, oh, well, you have to have special knowledge or secret knowledge to be accepted by God. God didn't make it that difficult. He said, it's easy. He said, I've sent my son. All you have to do is believe in him and be saved. You know, you don't have to have the special knowledge or, you know, any of this stuff. Now, these sects and this philosophy believe that knowledge was superior to faith even. They believe, they put a lot of stock in knowledge. And we know that knowledge cannot and will not save us. Listen, if, if knowledge could save us, then we'd all be saved. Everybody would be saved because of the internet, right? There's more information and more knowledge on the internet than, than there's probably ever been in all of, all of creation um, that's available to us. Do, you, do you any, any of you guys remember encyclopedias? <laughs> you know, and if you don't know what those were, those were books that had information in them. So if you wanted to learn about Africa, you could go to A and look up Africa. If you wanted to learn about kangaroos, you know, so they had a little section about everything. And, and you know, obviously that's not needed anymore with the internet. And of course, we know everything on the internet is true, right? Um, but, but seriously, um, you can Google and you can find out about anything now. So if it were knowledge that saved us, we'd all be super saved because we could get all the knowledge that we would ever need. So we know that knowledge cannot and will not save us. In fact, let's go to Ephesians 2, 8, 2, 8 and 9. You know I love this scripture. And I'm going to read from the New American Standard Bible. Normally, I read from the New Living Translation because it's real easy to understand and things like that. So let's look at the New American Standard Bible. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For grace you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourself, it is the gift of God. And I got hung up here when I was reading this passage the other day. It is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Jesus. And we talked about it a little bit at Bible study. I want to put a plug in for Wednesday night Bible study. If you're not coming, <laughs> if you're not coming on Wednesday night at seven, you need to come. Come on, man. That's where we're growing. We're digging down into the word of God and it's good stuff. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Let's look at verse nine. Not as a result of works that no one should boast. I don't see knowledge in there anywhere, do you? I don't see special knowledge or secret knowledge. Listen, things that are done in secret are usually probably not very good. You know, and Jesus didn't die secretly. He was very bold in proclaiming that he'd come to save the world. He was bold in proclaiming that he is the Messiah. We can't earn or buy our salvation. It's only by the completed work of Christ dying on the cross that we can be saved. Amen? All right, so let's go back to Colossians. So my point there is that we're not saved by knowledge or anything like that. Okay, Colossians 1, 9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Verse 9 continues. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you uh, spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay, so I think there's a slide coming up. We need complete knowledge. Complete knowledge. Um, let me be clear here. Knowledge does not save us. 
the second point that I wanted to make about knowledge is knowledge can be good, but godly wisdom is better. You can have knowledge. Let me, let me use this example. What's the square root of nine? Okay. Uh, see if you know this one. What's the square root of 83? No, I'm just kidding. What, what's the square root of uh, 144? 12. Okay, good. All right. So let's say that you understand or you have knowledge of the answers to those questions. All right, the square root of nine is three. Wow, wow, I've got that. Okay, the square root of 144 is 12. Okay, I got that. But isn't it better if you understand what the square root is and know how to, how to get that number other than that little thing on your square root sign on your calculator? Wouldn't it be better to understand what that is? Because if you didn't understand, if you had to memorize all the square roots, man, that'd be, you, you'd need the internet for that right? But so that's my point is that it's better to have understanding than to have knowledge. And, and knowledge is good. Okay. We need to have knowledge, but it doesn't save us. Godly wisdom is better. Understanding is better than knowledge. And then a relationship with God is what changes us. Information doesn't change us because we'd all be changed by the internet. It's an encounter with God that changes our lives. It changes our hearts. So Paul is telling them they need complete knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding. Let's look at um, the, the last half of Colossians 1.9 again. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. What are some of the results of complete knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding? Well, let's go to verse 10 and we find out. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. So those are the results that we see. As Christians, we should desire to please the Lord and produce good fruit. What is our phrase here at Life Fellowship? It's live it. Okay, so are we living it? Is, is there a demonstration in our life that there's good fruit? that we have godly wisdom and understanding. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 talks about the fruit of the spirit. What, are, what, are, what is the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those are the things that are the fruit of the spirit. Okay, verse 10, Colossians 1, 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. And so the Lord wants us to produce good fruit. He wants her to be love, joy, peace, patience, self-control in our life. Do you know people that claim to, be, claim to be Christians, but there's not much good fruit in their life? I mean, come on. Are we living it out? James said, I'll show you my faith by my good deeds. Faith without works is dead. Again, what, we're saved by grace through faith when we believe, not of our works. But if we're committed followers of Christ, if we say, I'm a disciple of Christ, I'm not talking about the denomination, I'm talking about being committed followers of Christ, there should be evidence in our life. There should be good fruit coming from our lives. Do we have to be perfect? No, no one here is perfect. But there should be some evidence of good fruit in our lives. Okay, let's continue Colossians 1.10. 
All the while, well, let me, let me read the first part of this since I've been talking so much. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. That's God's heart is that we get saved, but not just we have, have fire insurance, but we grow and mature. As we grow up and mature spiritually, we should grow in our intimacy with the Lord. Think about your relationships. Think about those of you that are married. When you first met and, uh, and, and where you are today, after you've been married for a few years, you, you've grown to know each other better and better and you've grown in your intimacy. Um, Christine can just give me a look and I can tell a lot from a look. <laughs> Oops, I shouldn't go there. Oops. Uh, or, you know, she's pleased or she's happy. And so as we get to know one another better, we can, th that intimacy grows. And so that's God's heart is that we would grow intimate with him, that we hear his small, still voice speaking to our hearts, that it doesn't have to be a bolt of lightning and thunder to get our attention, but that small, still voice prompting us and speaking to our hearts that he doesn't necessarily have to be speaking to us all the time, that we're so connected to him by the power of the Holy Spirit that we know his heart and, 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 and we can feel him and hear him speaking to us. So this morning's topic is more benefits of getting alone with God. That's the key. Um, my first point was we, we receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from God. My second point is it helps us please God, produce good fruit, and grow in our relationship. We just read about that here in, in Colossians 1. Uh, well, let's read it again, 110. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better. And you know, what, what's exciting about this whole dynamic Christian life is that I can look in the mirror, I can look back over time and see how God has helped me grow and mature. And I certainly haven't arrived. But you should be looking in the mirror of your life and saying, you know, I see spiritual growth and maturity taking root in my life. The things that once had me bound up and the things that I used to do no longer have a hold on me, that I'm spending time with, with the Lord now. And, and you know, it's not about religion, it's about that relationship, it's about intimacy with Him. And so we should be growing more intimate with him. This process of spiritual growth and maturity is, we've talked about this a lot, it's a lifelong process. It's, it's not like turning on a light switch, immature, mature, immature, mature. No, uh, getting saved is kind of like turning on a light switch because we get saved. That's, that's an act where we say, God, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and we're saved at that point. But then the journey starts. And so spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process. And it's a huge part of us being transformed into committed followers of Christ. Not only do we please God, produce good fruit, and grow in our relationship. Let's stop at our third point here. We are reminded of the benefits now and forever. You know, it's important that we're reminded of what God has done and that we're walking with him now. We see the benefits of that relationship now, but but also for all of eternity. Let's look at Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you be strengthened with all his glorious power 
so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. And we sang about that today, about the power of God. He wants us to walk in dunamis, dynamite, supernatural, miraculous power. Now, husbands and wives, look at me for a minute. Do you ever need patience and endurance? Oh yeah, you do. We all do. Okay, so God is able to impart that to us. He's able to empower us with power, his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and all the patience you need. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. I love that song. Have you been hearing that song on the radio? The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Come on, man, that's, that's, that's some power there. That's some dunamis, dynamite, supernatural dynamite power. Philippians 4.13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. He wants to give us the strength to endure. He wants to give us the strength to be patient. He wants to give us the strength to get through the challenges that are before us. Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all, say all, all the endurance and patience you need. It goes on to say, he goes on to write in verse 11, may you be filled with joy. Wow. Hmm. We can experience great joy. It sounds like he's talking about we can be filled with the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy. How many of you need joy? Man, we all need joy. Do you know people around you that need some joy? <laughs> I mean, with all the things that are going on today, we need joy. That's a fruit of the Spirit. That is part of what God imparts to us through this relationship that we have with him. Love, joy, peace. You know people that need some peace, man. Come on. All right. Colossians 1.11 says, May you be filled with joy. Then verse 12, Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. We have not only the presence of the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us right now, and the word says that he guides us and leads us into all truth. He will tell us of things to come. He will keep us safe. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit say, don't go there, stay over here. Don't, don't look at that. Don't go to that website. Don't click on that, whatever that may look like. The Holy Spirit's here to lead us and guide us. He's our friend, he's our counselor. And so may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. Say, I'm his peeps. I'm All right, are you getting it? Okay, we share a great inheritance. What if you were told someone came to you or called you on the phone and said, hey, I've got some good news. You're going to receive a great inheritance. Would you be pretty happy? Yeah, well, let me tell you. Let me read this again. And thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. Let me tell you straight up, you've been given a great inheritance. Amen. All right. All right. So not only do we receive benefits now, but for all of eternity. My first point this morning was we receive wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from God when we get alone with him. Are you getting alone with him? Do you need some wisdom? 
knowledge and understanding from God. We all do. My second point is getting along with God helps us please him, produce good fruit, and grow in our relationship. That relationship with the Lord is like any other relationship. If you spend time, you're gonna grow in that relationship. If you don't spend much time, well, you're probably not gonna grow much. My third point, in getting along with God, we are reminded of the benefits now and forever. I think sometimes we forget those things. I think sometimes we forget about the benefits and the things that we can walk in now, that we can walk in victory. And uh, we're not where we were, we're, we're, we're set free. And Jesus came to set us free. And so we don't have to stay stuck in those things. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Jesus came to set the captives free. There are people that are bound up by all kinds of things that need to be free. And Jesus didn't come just to set people free. He came to forgive their sins. Imagine that you're locked up in a prison cell and somebody comes and they have the key and they open the door and they say, you're free to go. But not only are you free, all that stuff, all the stuff that put you in jail is gone. It's wiped away. Jesus came to set us free and forgive us for all of our sins. That is great news. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for that. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you feel like you're still in that jail cell and that you're, you're not free. Or maybe you, you're free, but, but you don't realize that you've been forgiven of all your sins. And maybe God is tugging on your heart this morning and he's saying, come back to me. Or he may be saying, come to me. Maybe you've never had a relationship with him. And God is speaking to your heart this morning. Please don't walk out of this building without getting that right. That's really, really simple. In fact, if that's you, if God's speaking to your heart and you don't have a relationship with him and you'd like to or you'd like to recommit, would you simply raise up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here? Anybody here this morning? Amen. Anybody else? Listen, there's no shame in that. God wants to bring us into that intimate relationship with him. And, you know, when I was 26 years old, even though I was brought up in a Christian home, I said, God, I need a fresh start. <laughs> I need to start over again, Lord, because I just want to recommit my life to you. Is there anybody else here this morning to give their life or recommit their life? All right. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning and I am seeking a fresh start. I'm seeking new life. Jesus, I thank you for, for the forgiveness of all my sins and I receive the forgiveness now. And I pray that you would fill me to overflowing. God, and I thank you that today is a new start. It's a new beginning for me. All that old stuff is gone. It's washed away by the blood of Jesus. You've made a covenant with me and I commit to you. I give my life to you. I rededicate my life to you today. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Eileen, I don't wanna embarrass you, but would you come forward? I wanna pray with you. 
I want to pray one more prayer. Listen, this is family. Come on. You know, if you if you've got a challenge or you've got something going on, this is a safe place. Lord God, I pray for Eileen. I pray that you would fill her with the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit, God. That you would wash over her in a fresh new way and that she would hear your small, still voice speaking to her as never before, God. That you would fill her to overflowing. Even now, God, let your Holy Spirit fill her to overflowing. That she would experience you in a greater dimension, Lord God. And that she would hear your small, still voice and that she would connect with you in a greater way. And I thank you for this. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the mighty things that you're going to do through her life. I thank you for her boldness to say, you know what? I need a fresh start. And God, I pray that you would light the candle, that you would light the torch, God, in her. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Ah, amen. You know what, guys? Let's give him some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Really, I want to reiterate, this is a safe place. This is a safe place. And if you've got something going on, who, why shouldn't you turn to your family, you know? And Eileen, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. We're going to uh, just take a couple of minutes. Praise and worship team is going to play another song. And Let's just ask the Lord if there's anything else that he wants to say to us this morning before we leave, all right? Let's just seek the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your abundant blessings in our lives. We thank you so much for what you're doing in this community. We thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of the people here at Life Fellowship. It's such a privilege and honor and that you're opening up doors all across the globe for us to go and, and impact the lost and dying world through training up other pastors and leaders. What a great privilege. What a great honor you are bestowing upon us that you would trust us to go and train up other shepherds who could impact tens of thousands or millions of people all across the globe. And Lord, we, we pray, we stand in agreement that you would show us the property or the building or whatever you have for us to go to, Lord, that you would make it very clear and that not only would you make it clear, but you would continue to provide and the resources that we need to do what you called us to do. Lord, we're so blessed and we're so thankful and we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks. And you, you tell us that if we're faithful in the small things, that you'll give us more. And God, I see Life Fellowship Ministries International as being faithful in the small things. And I know that what that's going to, the results of that are that you will give us more. And so, Father, we pray that we will be ready spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, everything, that we will be completely ready for this next step. And we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks in Jesus' name. Just pray and pray and pray that God will give us wisdom and on what to do and that he will continue to provide the resources. Every time, every time you go to another plateau, every time you go to a nut, uh, another level, it requires you to stretch. When we moved into this, this building, believe it or not, this was a huge step for us. It was a huge stretch for us. So every time you go to another level, it's a, it, it's a challenge. 
but it's good. Then you go to that next level and you plateau and you build. And then you go to the next level and you plateau and you build. You keep going, you keep going. That's why I think sometimes, have you ever been up a staircase and there's a, a landing there? Have you ever been moving stuff and you're like, oh, if we can just get to this landing and I can rest for a moment. And I think that's what plateaus are like sometimes. They're a place for us to rest. And then once you've built your strength up and you're ready to move forward, then you start going right up that, those steps to the next plateau, to the next landing. So this is where we are. Gosh, I love you. You're such a wonderful, wonderful congregation. You really are. You're amazing. Go out and make a difference in your world today. Go out and live it. Thank you for, for joining us. We'll see you Wednesday at 7. So the sign-up sheet is here. See Tanya. Ladies, Tuesday, Bible study Wednesday. We have a special guest, and you're not going to want to miss that. God bless you. Love you. You're dismissed.